0: Well, hello. Again. It's crazy. It's the last night, isn't it? Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Hey, my name is Elliot Tenson. For those of you that don't know me or I don't know you, I just want to say welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, Summer is like upon us, right? Which means warmer weather, which is great. Fishing. Love fishing grad party season. Right? I'm like super excited for that. Had the first grad party season of the year last Sunday. I may or may not have put mozzarella sticks in my pocket and left. So if you want to invite me to your grad party, it's great. I'll try to make it. I'm actually though really excited to be here tonight because last year I wasn't able to make it to the last night, the last minute It's because summer also means poison ivy. Uh, Poison ivy stole part of my soul last year. That's for real. Dude, it sucked. The worst. I couldn't come to Big House because of poison ivy. It looks like I made like a salad out of poison ivy and then ate it. I didn't do that. It was awful. Okay, good. I'm glad that that's down. I've recovered. So, last night at Big House. Our mission here at Big House is to engage students as you build an independent faith so that we can hopefully then launch you into a lifetime pursuit of Christ. So, in a way, seniors in the room, we've been looking forward to this night for the last three or four years. And the thing is, I know that a lot, um, a lot of you guys, all of you guys are in different points in your faith. And what you believe about Jesus, right? And to be honest with you, I love that keep exploring keep asking questions keep trying to figure this out my hope and my prayer is that this place in this community uh, it can continue to be an open and welcoming place for all high school students no matter what your background or belief is you are always welcome here we are going to talk about jesus So you better be prepared for that. And I don't really care if you like it or not, but we're going to talk about Jesus. So we believe here at Big House that our faith has a starting point. Some of you may have heard us talk about this before. We believe that we all have a starting point within our faith. And we also believe that our starting point in our Christian faith, it's not the Bible. The starting point for our Christian faith is is a question. That question is the foundation of everything. Who is Jesus? And the thing is, every single one of you, you're going to have to answer this question. Regardless of who you are, how you grew up, what you believe, or what's happened in your life, you need to answer who do I? Say that Jesus is. This is why we're doing this I Am series. There's seven recorded statements of Jesus saying who he is. Through this series, our hope is that you can learn a little more about who Jesus says he is and about what Jesus says about you. So, this book, as we know as the Bible, is compiled of a bunch of different documents, old journals, letters, poems. So John, who was actually one of Jesus' disciples, took notes of everything they did, places they went to, people they talked to, and he wrote all those down as they moved from around like Syria and in uh, Asia, kind of that area. So we're going to be reading out of this travel journal that John wrote. So, I'm going to ask you, if you have a Bible, if you have the app on your phone, we're going to turn to John, okay? I'll give you a couple seconds here. Turn to John. We're looking at chapter 10, and then we're going to look at verses 11 through 18. So, if you kind of open your, if you have a Bible, if you open it in the middle, you'll probably turn to like Psalms or something like that, and then keep going to the right a little bit more, and you'll run into Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Turn to John. Chapter 10. So this is verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my vo- voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life. Only to just take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down, I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. So this is Jesus talking, and John was nearby, and he's writing down some of the stuff that Jesus is saying, and he writes it down in this travel journal. So after reading this, I was reading through this like earlier in the week, and the only thing that I could think of, this just kept coming back to my mind, and it was so derailing as I was trying to like prepare for this, but this is the only thing that I could could think of. Let's play this video. know you've probably seen that before. It's all I could think of. It was so derailing. The only thing I could think of was like if you were actually a shepherd and you had like a hundred sheep and they were all doing that. Like terrifying. The worst job ever. Anyways, so Jesus often spoke in stories with images that communicated visually to the people he was talking to. Even though these images that Jesus is using don't necessarily like makes sense to us, they can still say a great deal to us today. So Jesus uses this image of a shepherd. This was a common image that people in his day saw. So at this point, they were actually in like the Canaan area, which is near Syria and Israel today. And that area was just filled, filled with pastures. I did some reading, and by what it looks, it almost seems like that was their primary source of income. It wasn't like agriculture or, or something else. So there was just lots of fields everywhere. Shepherds were very common in this area. So notice when reading through this that Jesus says, Good Shepherd. Underline that. If you have your Bible pen, highlighter, highlight that. Underline that. Good Shepherd. He was referring to more than merely skill or someone who's just capable of shepherding. There were a lot of capable shepherds in this area. But a good shepherd, the people listening, they would understand that. He was using the word in much the same way that maybe we would refer to as a good doctor. My sister is actually a doctor in Knoxville, Tennessee. And she delivers babies for a living, which makes for great phone calls catching up. Hey, what'd you do this week? Oh yeah, yeah, so you delivered 17 babies? Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, I made a game and hung out with a bunch of high school students. (laughs) I love my job though. But she's like really smart and she knows what she's doing. She really knows her stuff. But she's also really, really good at what she does. She's a good doctor. She knows people. She cares for people. Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. I know what I'm doing. Like really, I know what I'm doing, and I'm good at it. As we look at the statement that Jesus proclaims, what are the characteristics of a good shepherd? Why should I pay any attention to this? Why should you pay any attention? attention to this number one write this down make a note of this write this in the margin in your bible he cares for you one of the most outstanding characteristics of jesus was the love and compassion that he had jesus the good shepherd is concerned and interested in people they matter to him On one occasion, Jesus and his disciples were traveling um, across the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus went to sleep like under the boat, and this crazy, furious storm came up. The waves were coming into the boat. The boat was about to sink. Everyone was losing their crap. The disciples rushed to Jesus and woke him up and yelled, Don't you care if we drown? Jesus gets up, and he calms the winds in the ways by just his voice. Jesus cared for those men. He didn't want to see them drown. He didn't want them to suffer. He cared. And the thing is, this book is littered with stories of Jesus. And every single one of them shows Jesus' love and compassion for the people around him. Jesus cares for you. Okay, number two, write this down, he knows you. So the Eastern shepherds raised sheep for wool rather than food, which I thought was really interesting. So sheep were usually with a shepherd um, for a couple years. And they were often known by descriptive names like brown leg or black ear or something like that. The shepherds know and they knew each sheep every one of them sheep know the shepherd's voice and the shepherd knows the uniqueness of each sheep have you ever gone to a party or some event on the weekend and you didn't know a soul you felt so incredibly alone isolated distant that feeling sucks then all of a sudden someone from across the room calls your name someone recognizes you you are known a flood of acceptance rushes over you you relax you belong the good shepherd knows each of his sheep by name i read this story earlier this week um, there was a man that noticed a young shepherd boy keeping to this huge flock of sheep and he asked the boy, how many sheep do you have? And the boy answered, oh, I don't, I don't know. I can't count. The man asked him, well, how do you know if you've lost any of your, your sheep or they've wandered off by the time you get to your camp that night? To the man's astonishment, the boy answers, I don't know how many have wandered off, but I know each one. I can't count, but each sheep has a name and I know their name Jesus knows you third he died for you write this down make a note of this so a few summers back uh, a couple friends and I we decided let's go on a backpacking camping trip there is an island on Lake Superior that's full of like a ton of moose and a lot of wolves, yeah, let's do that. So we went, we got our big backpacks, here we are. Now that I think about it, that's kind of terrifying, like, oh, here's all moose antlers, there's a bunch of wolves here too, go camp. So we camped, we were like three days in, hadn't seen a soul on this trail, and we're like three days in. Everything went wrong, our water purifier broke, this is the only time, that last picture, was the only time it, like, didn't rain. It rained the whole time. And then our stove broke. So here we are, like, three, four days in, in on this island, haven't seen a soul. We're trying to start this fire. It's, like, into the, like, early morning of the, or early hours of the morning. We can't start a fire because all the firewood is wet. We have to, though, because we need to boil our water, water and we need to cook food. So here we are. We finally got the fire started. And I'm standing there, warming up finally. It's pitch dark, like pitch dark. I look up, and I see these two glowing eyes off in the distance. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Hey, guys, ah, there's two glowing eyes over there. They disappear. And we're starting like, "Okay, all right, what are we going to do? Two eyes over there, glowing. (sighs) okay they disappear we're like all right yo like what do we do two eyes I'm like okay I know for a fact I can run faster than him and he's pretty big so I'm just gonna get behind him right like I'm already thinking ahead like yo we're about to die (laughs) but think about it what would you do later we found out it was just a fox but that's not important okay (laughs) but what would you do Like, a wolf is stalking you? Absolutely not. I'm not about to die over some camping gear or any of my belongings. And I sure as hell ain't going to die over some sheep, okay? (laughs) Let's go back to the verse here, okay? Verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is... The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus knows you. Jesus cares A good shepherd places himself between the sheep and the vicious animals. Between that wolf. A good shepherd would die protecting the sheep. So after reading this, what I understand is that Jesus died for you. Jesus, the good shepherd, actually gave his life for us. Jesus died for you on purpose. Jesus sacrificed his life for you so that you can live and live a life to the fullest. The story doesn't end with Jesus dying. Jesus rose from the dead. And I know a lot of you know this, especially since we just celebrated Easter not that long ago. But the fact that Jesus' sacrifice didn't end with his death Changes everything. He defeated death. He died, but he also rose again. That's crazy. He didn't stay in the tomb, he rose again.
1: Never this
0: Jesus guy. Yo, I'm gonna listen to what He has to say. We follow a Savior who's defeated death. Jesus didn't come to this earth to forgive you for your sins. It's not why He came. The forgiveness of sins was a means to the. The end, the end was oneness. The end was union. The end was intimate relationship and oneness with you. Because Jesus cares for you. He knows you. He died for you. So, what does this mean? What does this mean for you? for you to be a part of this story. Do you believe that Jesus cares for you? Do you believe that Jesus knows you? Do you believe that Jesus has an overwhelming, never-ending, crazy, reckless love for you? to answer this question of who is Jesus? So we're gonna sing this song and I invite you to stand and I invite you to sing and I invite you to declare these words and maybe it's for the first time, but I want you to know this. Jesus loves you and you can't earn it and you definitely don't deserve it. Jesus cares for you. Jesus knows.
2: And you all climb up coming after me there's no-
3: Those are some powerful words for us to sing together. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He leaves the 99 because he cares for you, he knows you, and he died for you. I'm Christina, for any one of you that I have not yet had the chance to meet, and you guys can go ahead and open your Bibles up to John 15. We have one more I am statement that we are going to look at together tonight. Now, in John 15, Jesus is once again with his disciples, this close circle of friends that he has lived his life with for a couple of years now. And Jesus knows that he doesn't have a lot of time on earth left, Um, he knows that his crucifixion is just days away at this point. So these are some of Jesus' final words to that inner circle, to his crew of guys that have been together day in, day out, for almost three years. They have literally traveled lots of miles together. They have seen miracles. They have performed miracles, these things that cannot be explained. Um, They have definitely had some incredible highs together, and they've also had some lows as they have lived with Jesus, as they have learned from him for three years. And we're going to read John 15, starting in verse 4. It says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Here's this I am statement. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, these are some great verses to highlight. Um, and in my Bible, I circled the word abide because it shows up quite a few times here. Makes me think that is an important word. And I also underlined that phrase, I am the vine, you are the branches. I want to make sure I don't miss that I am statement that Jesus made. And I also underlined where it says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing because I think that is a big bold statement that we're going to talk a little bit more about tonight. And as I was getting ready for tonight, I was thinking that there's to me a stark contrast between the way Jesus began his ministry to the way that Jesus ended his ministry, which is what we're reading about here in John 15. Because when Jesus did his first couple of miracles and he started changing people's lives through healing them through casting out demons, he actually told people not to spread word of who he was and what he had done. And I've always thought that was odd. I didn't totally understand why it seemed like he didn't want to take credit yet for these incredible, miraculous things that he is doing. And then a couple years later, as Jesus is nearing the end of his life, that's what we're reading here in John 15, um, he is boldly proclaiming who he is. Um, He is forthright, totally straightforward, um, very explicitly and clearly saying, I am the bread of life i am the light of the world i am the way the truth and the life and as we just heard from elliot i'm the good shepherd who cares for you who knows you who's going to die for you and then jesus says i am the vine abide in me remain in me because apart from me you can do nothing now remember when jesus was on earth people often thought he was a rabbi or he was a teacher, or he was a prophet, um, like other rabbis they had known, like other teachers or prophets that had come before him. And then again and again with these I am statements, Jesus is saying, you just don't get it. I'm so much more than that. And what we know now that the disciples did not yet fully understand or know is that all of these big, bold I am statements are 100% true. Jesus was and is exactly what he claimed to be. Now, with that being said, I find it really unfortunate that a lot of us in this room are living our lives like these verses that we just read aren't true. Now, I know you would say you believe them to be true, and I would say I believe them to be true, and I've grown up going to church, and I've heard these verses read in church more times than I can remember, and they are highlighted and underlined in my Bible. But if you're really going to look at my life, especially this past year of my life, you're going to find I am very guilty of trying so hard to live my life like I am the vine, like I can be the source of energy in my life. But Jesus says he is the vine, we are the branches. We are to abide in him, to remain in him, because he is the source of life, not us. We are the branches that bear fruit when we are connected to Jesus, who is the bread of life. Now, each week, week after week at Big House, we've had different people up here on stage, and they've talked about God and the Bible and their faith, and they have done their best to be honest about what it looks like for them to follow Jesus in their everyday lives. And that's because we, the Big House team, thinks it's really important that um, we talk about following Jesus in a really realistic way. We very much believe that that helps you figure out your own faith, and that helps you build independent faith when you hear people just talk about what it looks like in their everyday life. And now to talk about everyday faith in a really honest, realistic way means talking about the highs of following Jesus and some of the lows that we experience. Now, the highs of a life following Jesus can be pretty incredible, and I hope you guys have had some by now. A lot of you know that going on caravan is a mountaintop experience because you're surrounded by awesome people who love God, who love you, Um, And on that week, you are honest and you are just open to whatever God has for you. Maybe your small group every Wednesday night is a high because it's this group of people that care for you, uh, that you can say anything to them and know you're not going to be judged. And I know for a lot of students that went to God's Mountain this spring break, um, that week was a high point in your faith journey. High points in our faith can be a moment, they can be a day, they can be a trip, they can be a season of great joy in your life. The highs are easy to talk about. They are easy to celebrate. They are definitely easy to share with others. But the lows, not so much. We can experience a low point. We can experience a valley that looks like a tough day. Maybe that turns into a tough week. Maybe you've had a tough couple months. Or maybe it's even longer than that of a season of experiencing lows. And we experience lows for a lot of different reasons. Um, There are disappointments in life, and there are unmet expectations that are just hard to face, and they bring us down. And I'm going to be real honest with you guys and share that this past year has been a bit of a downward slope for me. And I had a couple months that were definitely pretty rough. They were a low. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because a big part of my low point getting even lower was that I thought I could fix myself. I thought I could pull myself out of my valley. I was not living my life connected to the vine. I can tell you that. I was living my life like these I am statements aren't true. And I learned that when Jesus says, apart from him, you can do nothing, he really means it. Because I was having some bad days that were starting to turn into bad weeks. And here's what I would do. I'm hoping you guys can relate to this. I would get home at the end of a bad day, and I'd find a good show to watch that was going to entertain me while I mentally checked out of my life. Then the next day, I'd find myself waking up, and I would still be frustrated or disappointed or sad, and I'd be tired. I was not waking up real energized. So I would run to Sidecar, get myself a honey latte, thinking this is going to fix my day. I just need a little caffeine to give me a boost to do the trick. But then I would find it being the end of the week. And I was still frustrated, still disappointed in some things, still sad about some things. And not even a trip to to Target was cheering me up. So I'd call my friends, I would text them, I would see what they're doing, because I did not want to be alone with my thoughts. I'd fill my time, I'd fill my weekends with distractions. And yeah, I would go to church on Sunday, um, but my heart just wasn't in it. I'd listen to the teaching, to the sermon, and I'd sing the songs. But to be honest, it was just lip service. My heart was not engaged. Then it'd be Sunday night. I probably filled that time with more TV to distract, to shut down, anything to distract me from my thoughts. And then it'd be Monday morning and this pattern of me trying to cope and energize myself and be the source for my life um, would start all over again. And the thing is throughout these days, I would have these moments of thinking, it's been a while since I personally connected with God. And I would realize it's actually been a while since I read my Bible just for me, not something ministry-related. And then I realized I kind of stopped praying about things in my life that I was frustrated with, or I was disappointed by, or I was sad about. And instead of taking time and doing things that I know connect me to God, I just pushed on. And I pretty quickly hit a wall because all of that stuff that I knew to do to make myself feel better stopped working. Because in John 15, 5, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And he means it. Now, these lows are not so easy to talk about, but I know I'm not alone in experiencing some lows in life. And then in my valley, in a low point in my faith, I needed to be reminded that only Jesus is the source of life. That only God has answers that I cannot keep pushing on. And I started to take some small steps to reconnect me to the vine. And I know now more than ever that Jesus' words in John 15 are so true. And I cannot fool myself into thinking that I can go days or weeks without intentionally connecting to Jesus. Because Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the light of the world, and Jesus is the vine, not us. Now, where are my seniors at in here tonight? You guys raise, some ha- raise your hands, make some noise. Where are we at? Look at these seniors. Do we have some booze? What's going on over here? Okay, seniors, I'm speaking to you, but the rest of you guys can listen in. I hope you've been tuning in and listening tonight because you are about to enter a season of life that is a roller coaster of highs and lows. You can ask any one of our college age age leaders in the room right now. You are going to experience a lot of new things in the coming years, and you're gonna be pushed to limits that you did not know you had. You guys are gonna grow, you're gonna mature, You're going to make decisions that only you can make for yourself. And I can guarantee you that your faith is going to be tested. And you, unfortunately, are going to experience some tough lows. They are coming. And all of you are going to have times just like me where you turn to all sorts of things instead of Jesus. And these things are going to cheer you up, and they are going to distract you for a while. But when those things stop working, and I can guarantee they will, I hope you grab your Bible. I hope you flip through it. I hope you find some random verse that you highlighted and you read that verse and you try to remember, why did I highlight this? Or why did I circle that word? And then I want you to look again and find another verse that you highlighted. And I want you to listen then to one of these songs that we have sang week after week here at Big House. Or maybe it was a song from Caravan, from Rocky Mountain High, from God's Mountain. And I want you to think about what those words are saying to you. And here's the really important thing. I want you to send a text to your small group leader, your small group leader that you probably haven't talked to in months, and I want you to be honest, and I want you to say you're not doing so great because here's what that leader is going to do. They're going to respond. They're going to say, I'm sorry. Tell me about it. Tell me what's going on. That leader is going to encourage you. That leader is going to pray for you. They are going to ask if you found a church or a college ministry to be a part of, and they're going to ask you what you are doing to stay connected to Jesus. And they are going to encourage you to start living out John 15, verse 5. And the incredible thing that I can guarantee is that you're going to experience what I experienced, that Jesus is the source of life, and he is going to give you just enough to get through the day. Seniors, I want you guys to remember this. Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows you. He cares for you. And he will be there for you. And the incredible thing is, it will never matter how many times you don't turn from him. Don't turn to him. God's grace takes care of that. There is nothing you can do to change God's love for you. He is always gonna be there for you. And in those lone moments, he is there, he is waiting and he is ready for you guys. Never forget that. Let's pray. God, I have a lot of love for the young people in the room tonight, but I know you have so much more. You love these people. Um, You have seen every part of their life, and you are so glad that they are here, and you are so glad that they know you. And the thing I want to pray right now is that if there's somebody in this room that has never experienced you, let them experience you tonight. Um, I think a response to hearing that you died for us is to worship you and to celebrate. Um, and we're going to do that now. And to the y- these young people that are just so incredible, God, show them your love. Let them experience you tonight to be filled with your spirit. This night is yours, God.
2: Amen. We're going to stand together in just a minute, but first we want to sing a song for you um, and just engage by listening to the words.
1: A hundred billion galaxies are born in the vapor of the breath. The planets, if the stars were made to worship, so I, I can see. Promise you don't speak in vain, a syllable empty oh your voice.
2: For once you have spoken, all nature and science follow the sound.
1: bow in reverence so alive. If the oceans roar no great we yeah. Time you
4: Okay, we're going to take a moment now to um, pray for the seniors as you guys finish uh, one stage of your life and start another one. So if you can come up here, seniors, come on up. And if any of you guys want to, like, put your hands on them while we pray, you totally can, but seniors, come up as close as you can. not a good sign when we're already crying. <laughs> okay. And if anybody wants to put their hands on them while we pray, you guys can come up too. Um, God, I just thank you. And I just think of these I am statements, God. Um, you told us that you are the bread and that we might try to fill up on other things, God, but you're really the only thing that actually satisfies us. So I pray that these friends of ours would remember that, God. You said you are the light in a dark world, Um, and God, I pray that that shines so bright that each of my friends standing up here can't forget that. Um, God, you said you're the way and that you are the truth, and there are so many things in this world that try to make us think that they are the way, God, or that um, they are truth, but it's really just you. God, you are the good shepherd. And I just pray that each friend up here recognizes your voice, your still, quiet voice, God, um, that doesn't have to compete with all the chaos of the world, God. I just pray that they hear you and recognize you, God. And you are the vine. And uh, I think what's really cool, God, is that you uniquely come to each person, God, in a way that they can hear. And so I just um, beg that as these seniors go off in this next stage of life, God, that you would be real to them in a way that makes sense to them uniquely, God, and and that they would figure out how to plug into you uh, and stay connected to you, God. And then when they don't, because sometimes they won't, uh, that you just gently call them back to their home. So, God, bless our friends as they enter this next stage of life. We just thank you that you are the God who um, goes ahead of us, God, and um, prepares a way. So, God, with the anxiety and excitement that comes with this next stage, um, can you just be the guide for all of these things, God? And and we just thank you for this, and we thank you so much for um, the laughter and the silliness And the cries um, and all the fun times that we've had, God. And we are just so excited for the next chapter um, of these guys' life in college, um, working, whatever they're doing next year, God. And we just thank you for the time that we got to spend with them. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen.
1: All right.